Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another special interview episode. So once a month, I connect with fellow entrepreneurs where we talk about all things entrepreneurship and obviously their specific expertise. That way, you don't have to just listen to my wonderful voice always on this podcast. So this week, I am super excited to introduce you to Kelsey. Kelsey is a rock star when it comes to finding your confidence, overcoming imposter syndrome, dealing with burnout in life and in business. So I actually met Kelsey. Kelsey through a friend back when we were teenagers, and I've had the pleasure of watching her grow into an entrepreneur on her social media. I remember when she officially said goodbye to her corporate job, and now she has developed this incredible program for females to really help them step into that leadership. You are absolutely going to love the conversation that I had with Kelsey. She has given you a lot of real tips and strategies about how to be an entrepreneur, but also how to overcome all the things that we experience as entrepreneurs. Plus, I know she is going to make an incredible impact on you today because she even inspired me. So let's get right into it. All right. Welcome, Kelsey. I'm so excited to have you here. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I know we have a lot to get into today, and there's a few things I want to make sure that we touch on. But before we do that, do you mind giving our listeners an insight into who you are, what you do, and how you even got to where you are today? Yes, absolutely. So hi, everyone. I'm Kelsey. I'm a leadership coach and founder of Women's Leadership Accelerator. And so Women's Leadership Accelerator is my 90-day program where I help emerging and current female leaders overcome various challenges they're facing in the workplace, like imposter syndrome, lack of confidence in decision-making, burnout from trying to prove themselves, lack of leadership training, so they can really accelerate their potential and impact. And thrive in their career. And the end goal here is I want more women in those executive level spots. So I started the lower to mid management levels to help them. And how I got here, long story short, really, (laughs) but combination of personal experiences and, and trials and tribulations. And then on the career side, I spent my career in the tech industry and rose through the ranks very quickly and became a partner of an AI tech recruitment firm at 26 years old and just really saw a major gap in terms of not only women in leadership, but women women believing in their potential. And I saw all of these barriers and I wanted to create something that could combat that. And I was recognizing in a, and I was that I was in a place of if I'm not contributing to the solution, I'm just perpetuating the problem. So that's how I got here. Amazing. I love that. And then obviously being a female entrepreneur myself, I've experienced I've experienced that male dominancy in the online world even that like when I was starting my business, I worked with a lot of males to get myself going with all my mentors were males and everything. And I'd always be asked like, do you find that you have a different level compared to males and females? With the people that I surrounded myself with, I definitely didn't have that necessarily experience. But the more that I talked to females, the more that I realized it is something that I don't even know if it's a dominancy thing or if it's just that lack of confidence or if it's just the technical, it's just the way that life used to be type of thing that's holding females back. But I'm definitely seeing a lot more females jumping into being their own boss, 
taking on those bigger leadership roles, coming out of their shells, having that confidence to say, no, I am powerful enough to actually do this, which is amazing. And then, so you've been in business, has it been, when did you quit your job? Like nine to five officially? Officially, I think it would have been, so I started officially launched my business last year in May or sorry, 2020 in May, but I quit my job in August. So yeah, I guess a year and a half it's been. Yeah. So it's typically that 90 day period that I feel like people, they have that, I'm going to get it done. Then I'm going to push for 90 days and then eventually I'll quit my job, which that's literally exactly what happened to me. I went on a trip and came back in April by, it was beginning of August. So that I would quit my job. And then, so yeah, the 90 day transformation period, that's a great period for a lot of people. Yes. And I, it was funny because when I, when I originally launched, I invested in a 90 day mentorship and that was what really gave me the push to quit. And it was just perfect. Set me up for exactly what I needed. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's been really cool to watch your whole process. Um, obviously we have some mutual friends. We haven't actually met in person. I don't, I don't think, right? <laughs> very long time ago we did. Very, did we? very okay. long time ago. We met at a restaurant. I think we would have been teenagers still. It's been a long time. Oh my <laughs> Crazy. Well, it's been nice to watch you grow over social media. I've been keeping track with everything that you're up to and you're making a really big impact from a female standpoint in the industry. So kudos to you. You're doing amazing. Now I do want to talk about, so you mentioned imposter syndrome. I want to talk about that a little bit more because especially when people are in the beginning of their careers and heck, even when they're years into their career, that still is something that comes up. That's still something that really holds people back from making that next step within the career. So in terms of tips or strategies that you have, how would you suggest for people to actually overcome imposter syndrome? Yeah. And and so that really is the premise of my entire program. But I think to summarize, and the biggest thing that I've noticed is that where our imposter syndrome and lack of confidence, it typically comes from our mind and our overthinking. And so my favorite tip is really finding ways to connect back to your body and your heart and your intuition. And because at the end of the day, our overthinking and our fears and our mind's job is to, or to, is to keep us safe. And so connecting with what our body needs and finding out where our intuition is located and to describe what I'm talking about here. So I've been on a very transformational journey with breath work, so much so that I'm actually in the process of getting certified as a facilitator. And breath work is the most powerful tool to assist you in taking yourself out of that low vibrational state, that overthinking state, and into that high vibrational state because breath work helps you move around stuck energy because emotions equals energy and motion. And so this like overthinking and fear, you're, you need to release it and reframing limiting beliefs and everything you do in your mind can only get you so far. It needs to come through the body. And so this just helps to rebalance our entire physiological processes because you're programming your subconscious mind to actually release hormones like dopamine, oxytocin, while you're moving this stuck energy throughout your body. So as you can tell, I'm super passionate about this. <laughs> And it has been a game changer, not only for me, but a lot of my clients. And even on top of that, I think my biggest tip for someone who is unsure about breath work and you're like, oh my God, I need to just Google this and figure it out first is honestly just coming back to evidence that your fear or your imposter syndrome doesn't actually fit the facts of what you're thinking in your mind. Because a lot of the times 
if you take a step back and are like, does that my fear or imposter syndrome fit the facts of what actually has happened or what could happen? It usually doesn't. And it, it helps to build up that confidence because you're providing yourself with evidence of what you've already accomplished and what you've already done for yourself to give you that proof and confidence to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Breathwork is something that I need to get into just from even just managing stress. I think it's something that people should be doing. Um, so that's one really cool. And you, yes, you can see you're passionate about that or hear that you're passionate about that, which is amazing. Another step that I feel like people could learn from you is just realizing that it is all just what you're thinking. Like whenever imposter syndrome pops up for me, it's I literally recognize and say, okay, I know what this is now. I understand why it's happening. And typically it's happening when you're about to take that next step. When you're about to take that next breakthrough, like those big things that are about to happen, you're like, wait, can I really do this? And am I the right person? Am I the right person for you guys to be listening to me right now? I don't know. That comes up, but I don't let it stop me. I recognize that it happens. And when it does happen, I say, hey, talk to myself. Hey, Lisa. No, it's just your mind. It's not actually true. So even writing down what what I'm thinking, I find helps me. So it's like if I write down, if it's like, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. And it's like, okay, if I read this and thought about myself, is that really accurate? Most times, no. Exactly, exactly. And you hit the nail on the head. And I was actually just on a client call before this talking about this because this client wanted to is basically completely shifting her career. And this fear of actually committing to it keeps coming up and she's procrastinating. And the fear of the commitment is really coming from exactly what you've mentioned because it's so big. We picture this next step as something that's so big instead of breaking it down into those smaller actionable steps and appreciating and accepting the journey along the way. And yeah, writing it down. And and, and in reality, all this comes back to and down to is our ego. And so another thing that I I get my clients to do is to name their ego (laughs) and give it whatever name it is. Uh, I don't want to offend anyone with the name of mine, so I'm not (laughs) going to say what the name of mine is, but... (laughs) So we're we're gonna call him Bob. <laughs> so Bob. in case anybody in case anybody has that has the name of of what mine is, but yeah, like okay, Bob, like are are you really here for me? Are you really here to help me, or or are you here to hold me back? Are you here to keep me safe? Or like what are you here for? And is this going to serve me moving forward? And having that conversation with your ego and recognizing that it is the one that's holding you back and and giving you that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely something that. Once you learn how to manage and deal with it, like it's never going to necessarily go away. It's just, in my opinion, learning how to deal with it. So talk to Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell Bob to back up. <laughs> like, tell Bob you don't need his crap today. <laughs> exactly. Literally, which is a great way to put it. So anyone listening, get your Bob or whatever name you want to use. And to all the Bobs listening, nothing against Bobs. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, obviously, imposter syndrome does come up a lot, especially when people are stepping into that next leadership step. So you mentioned that you help females take that next step up in leadership. What do you think and what does it really take to be a true leader in your eyes? I think like truly embodied leadership is so different than how a lot of even organizations view it. Because and even as, as human beings, we've been taught to view leadership from the lens of managing a group of people or being in charge of a group of people. But to me, it's so much so much more expansive than that. And to me, I think like, like what true embodied leadership really is and will allow you to continue to progress and move forward in your life is that 
you are so not only sure of yourself, but you are so in a place of hearing yourself on and being so sure of yourself and empowering yourself that your energy is affecting other people and inspiring other people around you to do the same. And to me, like that's what truly embodied leadership is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's showing up and doing the do and inspiring people to do the do. Exactly. You're just so embodied and so unshakable that it's inspiring to other people. And it's it's not you're not putting anybody down or being a micromanager or doing anything that's going to discourage them. Or even in in some ways, you may not even be intentionally trying to empower them, but because of how you're showing up, it's inspiring to others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, obviously there's different forms of leader and everyone's going to have their own unique leadership skills, but I think you said it right. It's, it's about showing up, taking action and then making that impact around you. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't just because just because you're not managing a team or you have people around you that are reporting into you doesn't mean that you're not a leader. You can be a leader in so many different ways. And we just need to reframe the what that actually looks like for us and what and and what leadership is going to mean to us moving forward. Yeah, I love that. Amazing. So leadership comes in all different shapes and forms. And obviously you're being a big leader within the industry and helping other people step into leadership. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do this all online, right? I do. Yes. I am actually supposed to be doing my first in-person workshop next month, but super excited for that. But otherwise, I, I try to keep it mainly online. Amazing. So before you were online, obviously, when you had your you're in IT, that was all in person. What do you think has been the biggest change or the, even the biggest benefits of working online versus working in person? Yeah, I mean, I think to to briefly answer that, the greatest benefit I've noticed is scalability. Because if you're only tied to one location, then you can only scale to a certain level. But if you're not really tied to any location, you can access more clients and more potential and maybe even provide them with opportunities that they may not have access to where they live. I mean, even for me, I'm from Toronto. A lot of my clients still come from Toronto, but I've worked with women in British Columbia, Nova Scotia, California, Boston, and they had never heard of anything like this in their area for whatever reason. And so it, it allows me and I think anybody to be able to, to scale and move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a big, big benefit, even eventually across the world. For me, when I started, I had zero clients in my local area. I actually started my business was majority of the United States, Australia, New Zealand, in the UK, some Canadians. And then in 20, it must have been like, I think it was early 2020, I was like, hey, I want to make a bigger impact locally. So that's when I started really focusing on local businesses, not to say that I have nothing, like I still work with people across the world, but it's just, it's the power that you can. Exactly. Yeah. Now, so entrepreneur, you've always had an entrepreneur spirit. You've done, um, what's the, the organization, the not-for-profit organization that you work with? Yeah. So Fit Active Beautiful Foundation, they're also very tied to my mission, helping young girls become strong women. And it's it's all targeted in the city of Hamilton, the underprivileged areas. So yeah, really, really aligned with with what I do. Amazing. So entrepreneur, it's always kind of been in your blood because that's you've been doing that for a while. What do you feel like even since you've actually left your job, what has been the biggest learning curve of being an entrepreneur? Oh, boy. <laughs> 
so many things to say here. So I think I'm going to pick my top two or three. And these are actually a little more recent over the past year, I would say, but really just learning to lean in and fully trust myself and the process of life, despite a lot of discomfort and uncertainty and, and not attaching myself to outcomes. Because what I've really found with entrepreneurship are that the ups and downs of entrepreneurship usually come from me attaching myself to the outcomes. And so that's been a really big one. And then another one that I really wanted to talk about is mentorship. So when we all start out as entrepreneurs, we typically invest in some form of mentorship because we see the value in it. We know that it'll help us accelerate our growth and give us the tools to get our business off the ground. And of course, I mean, we wouldn't be providing mentorship if we didn't believe in it. But what I've noticed now that I'm two years out of a mentorship program that I took to get my business off the ground is what worked for me then might not actually work for me and serve me now. And it's really important to be open to adapting and doing things that maybe you weren't taught to do, but it feels right to you. And so, for example, is that I was taught in my 90-day mentorship program that my 90-day program should be the, my sole source of income and that diversifying would actually dilute my offering in business. But what I've actually found is that diversification is so important as you're building a business, not only because of the income, but for the learning experiences that you can apply to your main offer. And so, yes, having a system and blueprint is important, but it's not the be all end all. And I think the biggest mistake I've made is trying to continue to stick with that and do what I think is right instead of doing what really feels authentic to me and my business as I continue to move forward. I love that. I love that. And that's definitely something like there's no box that you have to fit into with entrepreneurship. It's about rolling with the punches. And I say this a lot. Roll with what comes, roll with what goes and roll with what you like. Because that's the thing. It's like if you're stuck in that box and you're only going to do the same thing over and over and over again, you're basically on a hamster wheel, which is the same thing as what you're doing in nine to five. But then you hit a ceiling. As entrepreneurs, we don't like ceilings. We like to crush through those ceilings. So you're never going to be able to crush through those ceilings if you stick in that box. So I think that is a really, really important thing that I want people to realize that nothing is ever going to be perfect. Nothing is ever going to be the exact way. What works for me may not work for you, Kelsey. We have different businesses. We are different people. We have different goals. Everything is different. But being an entrepreneur, as long as you're open to those changes, as long as you are open to something new, you are continuously going to scale. Actually, so you mentioned like, so the first 90 day program that you did, that's something that built that foundation for you, which is fantastic. If you didn't have that mentorship, you probably wouldn't have that foundation. No, Women's Leadership Accelerator might not even exist. And like, I fully acknowledge that. But at the same time, I think, and you hit the nail on the head too, because it's like, you don't want to shame yourself for not aligning with everything that you've taught. And I've caught myself in, in those spirals of shame, like, oh, well, I was taught to do this, this, and this, and now I'm not really doing that. And maybe that's why my business isn't going the way that I thought it would go. But it's not attaching guilt or shame to doing things differently. Instead, just doing what feels right for you and, and you know is going, because only you know what's best for yourself and your business. Yeah. And I actually wrote a post about this. I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, but it was about, it took me, so I'm coming up to my seventh year in business. And for the first five years, I I felt scattered. At the time, I didn't feel scattered, but looking back, I was doing this and this and this and this, and I want to try this. But if I didn't try any of those aspects, I never, ever would be to where I am now. Coming into my seventh year, I want more of that 
step-by-step structure, but I have the foundational aspects built in different corners, not just one corner, different corners. Exactly. And to everyone listening, I'm in the place in my business where Lisa was when she felt scattered. I'm trying a million different things too, because like that's what's going to work and that's what's going to move me forward. And I, I, I deserve to do that. I deserve to figure it out and try new things and not everything is going to work. So I commend you for doing that and getting to the place now where you ha- you were able to develop that structure and have that structure for yourself. And experimentation is, is the most fun part of entrepreneurship, even if it feels scary because it's of the unknowns. Literally, it's it's so fun. And people always say like, you work too much. You're always working. I'm like, I'm playing. Actually, I'm learning something new. Like I wanted to test this out. I want to play. And when I'm playing, that is when I'm growing. And that's another thing with entrepreneurship. You are always going to be growing if you allow yourself to be. Yeah. And I, I love that reframe of playing too, because a lot of us are like, oh my God, I have so much work to do. Oh, I have to write more content. Oh, outreach, all of these things that we need to do as part of our business. And instead approaching it from the lens of like, okay, this is a game. How can I get my content to, you know, get more engagement today? Okay, that didn't work. I'm going to try something else. Ooh, outreach. Let's dedicate 30 minutes to this. And how can I make this fun for myself? And it's always just... Yes, like you, I love that because it's so true. If you aren't integrating play or finding ways to make the business fun, it's not go, it's not gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we ultimately have the choice if it's our, we love our business and then we find it fun or not. If you don't find it fun, make a change real quick because what are you doing then? In my opinion, but even with the online world, it's always changing. What worked five years ago for me? So I used to get leads online for twenty cents for paid advertising. That is impossible to do now. Like, it's not going to be the same. But it's like, it, you have to grow even with how we as users behave online. It's understanding that things are constantly going to be changing and just being okay with that. And that's, I feel like that's what separates entrepreneurs from people who like the structure of a nine to five. Nothing wrong with that. But some people hate that growth. They hate that change. Whereas I strive for it. Yeah, same. So you've mentioned your program a few times. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Women's Leadership Accelerator is my 90 day. It's it's a one-on-one and a group mentorship program. And I've integrated both components because all of these female professionals and leaders are in the same place and they and they want that exposure to each other to see that they're not alone, but then still getting that one-on-one support from me. And really the the end goal and the A to B is helping these women, again, overcome a lot of those challenges that they, that they might be facing, whether it be the imposter syndrome, whether it be the confidence in decision-making, burnout, conditioning and beliefs is always something that comes up. So they can, they can be in a place to not only understand what their next step is, but accelerate their potential and and actually believe that they deserve to get there and move there. And so whether whether that's in using the corporate ladder, moving from an individual contributor to a leader role or a leader role to an executive role, or somewhere in their personal life where they feel like they can step into their potential, that's really what, what I'm here to do. And I always, I focus on the career aspect. And yes, I want women to thrive in their career, but you can only thrive in your career if if the personal life is, is is if you're set up for success in your personal life as well. So, yeah, that's that's really what I do in my mentorship program, and I also offer ninety minute breakthrough sessions for those on a budget, and launching a go at your own pace course in the coming months as well. 
Amazing. That's, well, that's going to be fun. I'm excited to hear more about that one. Now, where can they find more information either about your 90 day breakthroughs or 90 minute breakthrough sessions or your program? Yep. Yep. So they can find me on Instagram at Kelsey Aaron, E-R-I-N, Boyer, B-O-Y-E-R, LinkedIn. I'm Kelsey Boyer. And I'm usually the first one that comes up on LinkedIn or my website is KelseyBoyer.ca. Amazing. Now I always end all of my interview episodes off with one specific question. I know you've given a lot of tips and advice throughout this call already, but what would your biggest piece of advice for fellow entrepreneurs be? I've got a top two or three, but they're short. (laughs) Okay. Even if this business is your heart and soul and you want to put all hours of every day in it, don't do it. Your well-being is the most important. And I I highly, highly advise, like, don't lose yourself in the business because that's when it stops being fun and it stops being playful when you aren't taking care of yourself and putting all hours only into the business. Um, that's a big one. I think another is that you don't need to do what every other successful person in your field is doing to stand out because at the end of the day, like being you and being unique is your great strength. And I think a lot of people think of success as a benchmark where for me, I really see it as a, as a perspective. And just because someone has a certain definition of success doesn't mean that you're going to be the same. So actually understanding what that is and how you define success and what that looks like and what needs to happen. And then finally, I mean, this is just a personal preference and something that's worked for me. And I've heard other people say it, but I don't follow my competition or any other coaches on social media. Because what I found is that I like I end up stuck in a comparison trap or consuming more than creating. And at any stage of my of your business, creating is always going to be the most important. And if you're following other coaches, you may get ideas from their content and think that it's it's great because they're giving you more inspiration, but then you get into a place where you're consuming their content more than creating your own and end up maybe accidentally copying something they've done or whatever it is. But Generally, like I, I, I really don't follow any of my competition or other coaches. I mean, other than you on social media, because because I just don't want to get stuck in that comparison trap. Yeah, and comparison is a big thing. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Something that I, so I'm very similar. I follow people who inspire me in some way, shape, or form, but I'm not following my competition to see exactly what they're posting all the time because even the more that you consume their content, you're going to start showing up like them. And then you're going to lose who you are. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of things that people waste time doing. And I feel like following your competition is one of those things that you're wasting doing because you don't want to get stuck in that scroll period and wasting more time than you should on social media. Even though I love social media from a business standpoint, I'm also very much off of social media. So even that disconnecting period, when you have systems and processes and even just an idea of what you want to come out of your business, then you'll find that you don't have to be on social media as much. Exactly. Ain't nobody got time to get stuck in the squirrel hole. <laughs> <laughs> no one does, which is funny. But honestly, Kelsey, you gave a lot, a lot of value. So thank you so much. I know that we probably could be on here for a very long time talking about everything. But I also know there's a lot of people who are listening right now who maybe struggling with imposter syndrome or maybe struggling with burnout, which we didn't even talk about. But guys, realize that every single person does go through what you're going through. It's just a matter of stepping back, 
understanding what's happening, working with someone like Kelsey who can help you realign what you're doing and just realizing that it's all a journey. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's a journey. Being an entrepreneur, that's what it is. It's going to be good. You're going to have some hard days. You're going to face things, but that is the experience. And like we've talked about, if you continuously have fun with it, then you're going to enjoy it and you're just going to continuously grow. Yes. Completely agree. I have nothing to add to that. (laughs) All right. Well, honestly, Kelsey, thank you so, so much. Guys, if you guys are listening, make sure to tag Kelsey and I on social media. That way we know that you guys are listening, but also let us know what you liked best about this episode. I hope you have the best day today. And remember, you are worthy enough. You are smart enough, beautiful enough, strong enough. And yes, yes, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. So thank you. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together, let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.